What up, Army of Cunts? Before we start the show, we want to remind you that we have a catalog of over 200 episodes. You can access these and so much more content at patreon.com slash hot mess. That's right. At the $5 level, you get a best of compilation of our 25 most fire episodes behind that paywall. And at the $10 level, you get the entire back catalog plus two bonus shows. That's patreon.com slash hot mess. When you walk by every night, talking sweet and looking fine, I get kind of hectic inside. Oh, baby, I'm so into you. Darling, if you only knew all the things that go through my mind. Take it, Emily. But it's just a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. When I close my eyes, you come back and take me. On and on and it's so deep in my daydreams. But it's just a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Hello, army of cons. Welcome to the Hot Mess Comedy Hour. My name is Emily. My name is Andrea. And that was in the style of fantasy by Mariah Carey. Heavy in the style of. <laughs> that was such a fucking struggle. You, When you said Mariah Carey, I was like, okay, today's the day. Listen, you always, when you go to karaoke, mm-hmm. especially as a white woman, mm-hmm. I'm going to say it. I yeah. said it. Yeah. You always think it's a good idea. To bust out karaoke, you know, like, but then once you get to the middle of the song and you have to hit that high note, that whistle tone, nobody can pull it off. No. Except for one person. And that is Mariah Carey. And to be honest, not even anymore. You know, it's interesting. I looked up um, who has the high, the widest vocal range as an artist, because I was curious if they had like that on record. It's Axl Rose. Doesn't that blow your fucking mind? What do you mean? They have... <laughs> I looked up. I was thinking about Mariah Carey the other day. I don't know why. By the way, Shannon Noel, welcome to the show. Hello. I need to get you in on this discussion. Yeah. Uh, like, which vocal artist has the widest range? Right. And I was like, I wonder if there's like a record of Is this somewhere. Is there a song that they determine? Th- like, how do they determine that? I think they look through their body of work and see which, um, you know, which, uh, what's the word? Like, alto soprano uh yeah like which song exhibits the wide widest range yeah and they go through their whole discography and see how wide their range is and it's axel rose wow yeah weirdly enough (laughs) i know it feels like i'm lying but it's not no you know what i want to hear an axel rose i just is this genius or is it not genius okay an axel rose cover of fantasy by Mariah Carey. <laughs> yes. Oh, amazing. This That's like is some old town that, road shit. Yes. Yeah. It's the cover that we never knew we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Bring um, Mariah Carey cover of Axl Rose's <laughs> <laughs> the entirety. Yeah. I feel like that would would be wildly popular in our current times. Like, there's no like, rules anymore to it, anything. <laughs> listen, if you can nail it, I'm open to hearing it. Axel. We're sending this out to you. If you can nail that. Maybe Axel should do a cover of Mariah Carey's Christmas album. 
Oh my god! And yes. then release it in time for Christmas. Yes, Queen. <laughs> yes, Rose. Axel Rose is the new diva. <laughs> it's it's Axel Rose. Mariah Carey is second, and uh, okay, Prince is third. Uh, is that? Steven Tyler. Wow, a lot of man. James Brown, Marvin Gaye, Christina Aguilera, uh, David Bowie, Paul McCartney. And then, you know, they get they get a lot of the greats are on here. Tina Turner is like very low on the list. I would think she was higher. I think they were confused by how high up a lot of the like female divas can go. Well, I think that Ariana Grande has like a very impressive range. She's not even on this fucking list, man. Well, Do you think that they left people out of that list? Like if this was like a 50-year-old man making that list. Yeah, I think it's rigged. Yeah, it seems yeah. like it. It's weird that it's all hair metal <laughs> 80s guys. Yeah, no, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> it's a dude in his garage. <laughs> He's like, well, what do I have the I'm going to raid my teenage daughters. <laughs> CD collection. Yeah, Roger Daltrey's on there. Like, how old is this list? But oh yeah, this is a hundred percent. Some like this isn't even. He's like (laughs) sixty five. Yes, yes. Okay, Ray Charles is on there. Alicia Keys is on there. It's interesting. I mean. Uh, Taylor Swift yeah this is a this is an old white yeah you know range is an interesting it's an interesting like concept because there are even songs that like I can't sing particularly high as Mm -hmm. I just uh, showed everybody Um, but there are certain songs that like I'll get to a note and it's like (gasps) like I can't sing that low either so you know So you're inferior is what you're saying. No, I have a range. Mm -hmm. It's just not that big. Mm -hmm. The trick is you just got to start burping when you get to those low notes. Oh, Oh, theater kid. What's up? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would be the most disgusting theater kid. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there was people loved burping the alphabet. That's like an OG. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Camp trick. I used to be in choir. I was in choir for 10 years. Um, Nerd over here. You can't tell based off of my performance I just did. But um, I used to be uh, I could do alto, but I could also do tenor, which is traditionally like a male. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was always jealous of the, the women who could do oh, that. I was thank a, you. I was a mezzo soprano and hated it. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I was. I was not happy to be in amongst the dudes because the tenors would always be like bum bum bum, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. I was already you not. Have to, do you have to do the do the bass now? <laughs> yeah, like I was You're already essentially not cute. An, a human instrument. <laughs> yeah, like all the girls in choir would have their solos and be the sopranos Mm -hmm. and I would just be sitting there like dum bum 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 (laughs) did you have uniforms yes oh please I'm obsessed with choir uniforms what did you have to wear I work I mean I wore uniforms at school yeah Um, okay but a kilt and like a button-up white shirt and okay. um, a sweater, a tie. I wore a tie. That's um, cute. Yeah, it was on. Like, Did you try to rock a tie like Avril Lavigne style, like loose around the? Oh, neck like when I was feeling kind of bad, kind of badass. Uh, no, because I wasn't. Would you cool get in like trouble? That, but you, the kilt was. We would roll our kilts to make them shorter. Of course, oh, yeah, yeah, classic. Yeah. And then we'd get in trouble for them. Like I had a Jamaican. I don't know if I've spoken about my Jamaican housemistress on yeah, this. Show. She she uh she nannied Sean Paul. Yes. Really? Shout out to Mrs. Mays. Um what? yeah, I had a Jamaican house mistress. <laughs> That's wild. I know it's a really weird I've lived a really weird life. Um yeah. but she she was she was like British colonial Jamaican, so she was like an old 
kind of white lady and very strict, but she had Jamaican accents was very confusing. Yeah. Because she would get mad at you, but she'd be like, two feet on the ground, child. And I'd be like... But she was like a white lady? Yeah. And I'd be like, why is uh, like Snoop Dogg telling me... Snoop <laughs> <laughs> not Jamaican. I know, but you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, why is this... Shaggy. Very fun. Yeah, exactly. Shaggy. <laughs> like... Telling me to not hook up yeah, with boys, but she looks like like Julie Andrews. Yeah, she was so proper. That she wouldn't wild. admit to us that she ever smoked weed. When we finally graduated high school, she told us that she smoked weed once, and she was like, "So once? Yeah, she's she from was, Jamaica, and she smoked weed once. One she's time. lying. No, I believe it. This woman was if so she, like, proper. Only smoked weed one time. Uh-huh. But if she like waited that long to confess it, I believe that yeah, she was such a That's hard. That's a good ass. point. She was the biggest heart. I loved her, but like she was very very strict. Two feet on the ground meant like if you're sitting next to a boy, both of your feet had to be on the ground. Like you couldn't be sitting with your legs up on the couch because that could mean that you'd be like canoodling. Whoa. She would like come in and like check to make sure that no one was like touching. Yeah, it's not typically the feet you need to worry about. Yeah, I know. And we're still all fingering each other while we're watching Happy Feet. You could have your your feet on the ground and get fingered. Yeah, Yeah, a million percent. Ten fingers on the couch. (laughs) She Yeah, she also like... She kind of respected the sluts a little bit, though. I'm going to be honest. Like, she didn't want you to openly flaunt it. But it was more about if she liked you or not. Like, me Mm. and my friend got suspended for mooning (laughs) a bunch. Yeah. And she just... She would be like, every time with you. and the, But then she would kind of be laughing because she thought it was funny. So she was definitely a disciplinarian, but like with a bit of a smirk. Undercover cool. I loved her. I miss yeah. her. I miss those uniforms. I miss only having to worry about choir. I mean, I don't miss being in high school, but I miss the simplicity of like life not being that deep. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like For being sure. able to break the rules and know that. It wouldn't come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah. The consequences for your fuck ups when you're a young person are like your parents. When you're an adult, it's like bankruptcy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? You like are on the street. Yeah. Don't love it. Uh, Adulthood. Can we opt out? Yeah. You can. um, (laughs) Speaking of adults. (laughs) Yeah. You've been having some family drama. I've been having a little bit of family drama. My my brother came home. My (laughs) brother. I was actually shocked that you wanted to bring this up because you typically don't hang your family out to dry as much as I do. I don't, but like... Yeah, the time has come. It's so wild Uh that (laughs) I just, I need an outlet for all this energy. And I also like, I need advice. Yeah. And I don't know who better to ask for advice than you people. Deal with your problems on a podcast. It's perfectly a stable way to live your life. That's how everybody does it now. Right? (laughs) It I feels get on a more podcast. real. Yeah, it right? feels more real than therapy, to be honest. Yeah, it is. Um, Coming to my office. And in advance, like anybody who's listening right now who has like a special degree that like <laughs> might enable them to help me with this problem that I'm having, mm-hmm. please reach out to me. Okay. My brother is getting extremely frustrating to be around. Okay. Like, how old is your brother? He's 32. Three, thirty-two. Okay. All right. Um, he every time he comes home, it's like a new thing. He has all these ailments, mm. all these mm. physical ailments, and also like he's got uh, he's got like one of those geriatric Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday boxes full of pills. Okay. Oh my god. And he's always like on a new prescription that nobody knows what it's for. And 
it's uh, it, it just it reeks of like hypochondria slash like just self medicating right. for you know what type of pills are we talking about? So are they all like psych meds or so are they a mix? I, I it's a mix. It's uh-huh. a mix for like he had a bad ankle, he has a bad back. It doesn't go out though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think the physical stuff is mostly because like his lifestyle is a little sedentary. He likes to you know stay in and play video games. That's yeah. like his uh, his deal. But um, and he's always been like that. And I actually like I don't think there's anything objectively wrong no. with wanting to stay yeah. in and and be on the computer, like play video games. Like he has a job. He's very successful. Like, yeah, that's your life. That's your life. That's what you like to do. I don't care. But the other side of it is like. He seems to be diagnosing himself with certain mental illnesses, mm. which um, can be li- like, listen, we all <laughs> we all diagnose, we all diagnose ourselves. each other and ourselves with mental illnesses. But like he told me uh, he told me that he's on like three different medications for OCD. And, oh, my like, gosh. I never wow. even like. How do you medicate for OCD? I, I was going to say, I thought that was more behavioral. Yeah. Therapy. That's what I thought, too. So I don't know what he's taking. Like, I didn't get the specifics of it. He doesn't really talk about it that much. Uh-huh. But there was a there was an incident mm-hmm. the last time he came home, which was a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He was home for a week and he was picking fights with everyone. And your brother's and, like the golden boy. Like your mm. your mom specifically coddles him a lot. Well, he's the middle child, but he's the only boy. So he gets okay. treated like a prince and he also lives far away. He lives all the way across the country. So it's like whenever he comes home, it's he gets pampered and waited on and whatever. I don't think I think she just wants him to feel special, mm-hmm. you know, but um, but he also he's also <laughs> always had this um, he has this hypersensitivity thing where uh, like certain fabrics bother him, certain mm-hmm. food, uh-huh. like he can only eat very bland foods. Side note, every single time I tell my therapist about my brother, anything about my brother, she always asks if he's on the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. And she always forgets the answer. Yeah. Like, and the last time that I, I was talking about my brother, my therapist is like, he's on the spectrum, right? And I was like, no, but you always ask that. And yeah. I think it's very like telling that you, you always she's ask She's trying that? to be like, so obviously it's been established he's on the yeah, spectrum. I think <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. so I'm, I'm telling you, yeah. I'm not really asking. <laughs> yeah. 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 She didn't, he is, right? quote, forget the answer. <laughs> I can't she knows. ethically diagnose him without meeting him, but he's on the spectrum. But, he, but yeah. for sure. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's it, the, the fabrics are are a very like sensitivity to certain types of textures is very very indicative of of being on the spectrum for sure yeah and like and like the his belongings like he can't he could never uh take books out of the library why uh he doesn't like the idea that they're used he doesn't like like touch (laughs) sure 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 yeah yeah. (laughs) things that are he doesn't like it when like you bend the pages of his magazine or really yes yes yeah okay but at the same time like I'm not here to diagnose anybody. I'm just saying it would make a lot of sense. Right. But so he has a, he has a girlfriend and like a, he has healthy relationships with people. Definitely. But I feel like his social pool seems very small. Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. And I think he, he develops, he can develop close relationships with people that he really trusts. Yeah. Um, But I still think he does have some weird things socially that, like it's hard for him to understand 
when to give up in an argument. The to, greater, the greater social good. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And my He's brother does very, the same like, thing. Focused. Yeah. Like I want. I'm right in this argument. So me being right is the most important thing versus the greater like. Everyone is uncomfortable right now. And if I win this argument, what do I actually get? Like, right. I think my, my brother is, I, I would believe he's very intelligent. I'm not going to diagnose him, but I definitely think he has some, like, he has some sort of socially odd tendencies and th- he does this all the time because mm-hmm. he's so fucking smart. And I'm like, okay, you're right. But like now we're screaming at each other because we're right. arguing about something that doesn't matter, but you won't let it go. And now like everybody yeah. is so worked up over this thing that isn't going to get solved. Yeah. Like sure. it's not going to get solved. He, the last time he came home, he, we got in an argument about, He'll make these statements and he's very, very rigid. He just doesn't see a lot of nuance in the argument. Like he was saying, he was saying that everybody who voted for Donald Trump is a bad person, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I guess you're saying that you think that people who would be a, you think that Trump supporters are ignorant people, which is not a crazy thing, no, in my opinion. I, yeah, sure. To I'm not say, saying people who brought Trump into the office are great people, but it's just it's not even a statement that you can prove, and it's, it's not like a useful statement. To yeah, make. right. And and how do you uh, like a bad person? Like, what are we, I, I just think like. There are so many issues that are greater than like sk- determining like which people are bad and which people are good. No, right. Like how can we all work together to like understand each other? Yeah. Like, that's what I think is more important. I think like a lot of people would maybe vote for somebody who appears powerful and appears like yeah. a good businessman. Poverty and, and desperation and lack of education. Exactly. And, yeah, exactly. Right, right. Like that doesn't make you a bad person. Like I think it puts that, you in a very different position than other people. Which exactly. is like the system failing you but it's you know it's still frustrating to watch i get yeah, what he's it's saying a problem when i sure. when children are in immigration camps i'm like oh, fuck these people but like yeah it's a very circular argument but so anyway so the breaking point mm-hmm. of the visit was and i'm gonna preface this by saying it this is a story that for me is embarrassing to even tell. Mm. And it wasn't me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your brother riles you up more than any other member of your family. I feel like with like good reason. Yeah. You will, like you will feel my pain. I do. So yeah. much when I tell you this. So mm. he brought home a very expensive VR machine, mm-hmm. like virtual reality. Nerd. Put, yeah. put the goggles Stop. on and like act like you're running through caves. Right. I don't know what it, I and don't know. And also what it is. watch VR porn. So, anyways. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. La- that's the only reason that I would use one of these machines, yeah. to be yeah. honest. They're going to take yeah. over our lives. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, mm-hmm. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. So, he leaves it. He was he was like showing it to all my family members and they were like using it, having a good time. He leaves it on my nephew's bed. Mm-hmm. My nephew's four years old. So obviously he sees like a piece of shiny new equipment on yeah. his bed. He's going to pick it up and try to play with it. Yeah. Like a bitch. So <laughs> I see I see him run into my nephew's room and say, um, you know, he either said put it down or drop it. He might have said drop it. Okay. So he literally dropped it on okay. the ground. Uh-huh. But he's four years old. He's maybe, you know, like two and a half feet tall. The It didn't 
drop that far. Yeah. And it dropped onto a carpet, whatever. But as soon as it dropped, my brother's face turns white. He huh. picks up the machine. He's like putting it on, looking at it, turning his face around. Uh-huh. He's like, something seems off. Like it's it's oh, broken. Man. I think Jeez. it's broken. Oh. He takes it off. He puts it back on like mm-hmm. six different times. Mm-hmm. He's going like you can see that he's going crazy. Yeah, like yeah. he yeah. thinks that this thing is broken. I don't even know if it's broken. Like I don't even know how sensitive these things are. I would think that a I would think that a thing that costs five hundred dollars or how ever expensive yeah, this yeah, was, no, they're very ex- would either like be able to sustain a one foot fall. Yeah. Right. Or would be covered under some kind of warranty. Yeah. And yeah. like you could just fix it, right? He storms out of the house. He starts walking. Is the baby like crying? Is is the is your nephew like crying? Like yes. This, oh, oh my god. god. Yes. My yeah. mom. My mom is now lecturing my nephew about oh like don't god. touch stuff that's not yours. Oh, he doesn't fucking know. He's a baby. <laughs> and it was on his bed. Like you don't yeah. put shit near a toddler. Yeah. Right. That you don't want to get touched. Yeah. But anyway. This that, is such like. That's such an inappropriate reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's so. It's so. It was so infuriating. Oh like watching God. my nephew get scolded for mm-hmm. something that like really wasn't his fault. Also you know? he told him to put it down. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. And like he got scared right. and he dropped it. Like he didn't do it on purpose. They were talking to him as if he like flung it off the bed. Right. Like knocked it off the bed or did. Even I saw, if he had. Yeah. He's a fucking you're toddler. Right. He's a kid. You're yeah. Right. Even if he had. But like the he's fact a child that I, and like this is a Possession. This is like a luxury item. You that know what kid, I mean? That kid's psyche is like just building now. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I'm, this thing is more important than you. Uh, this fucking stupid computer game thing is. Yeah. It's. Yeah. Like, whatever. So. <laughs> this so is how you are when you get mad. You're like, whatever. I, anyway. I, like, I can't. I, uh, I, whatever. I don't want to say anything that I'm going to regret. Yeah. But right. he, he. So he's out walking the streets for like a half an hour. Alone. Alone. Doesn't know where he's going. Doesn't have his glasses. Didn't bring any possessions. So he's just, just running aground on all the yeah, stuff. He's, he's like, he's walking around in. A huff. This is like the type of freak out that would like something to get me to do this to like walk away from a group of my family would be like them taking a shit on your chest. Yeah. Or like or like bringing or like bringing up an uncle who molested someone and saying that he was in the right. You know, not that that's like what happened in my family, but like that's the level that you'd have to get me at to be like, I need to be out of the room from you right now. Right. 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 So arbitrary or like if somebody like fed the baby something that was not yeah. you know what I mean like if something if somebody did something that was so inappropriate like so crossing the line but yeah. it was like an adult doing a purposely malicious thing yeah, yeah. keyword adult yeah, yeah. adult yeah but anyway so he's out for like a half an hour we're like <clears throat> we're talking we're like oh I guess like we don't even know if this thing is broken but we're like I, you know if it's broken like maybe it's under warranty also, your sister can buy him a new one if it's broken. She even offered. So we're looking. We look up the warranty information. Yeah, oh my and God. it's under warranty for a year, right? And my sister's also like, you know, if it's not, like, I'll just buy him another. It's fine. Like, it's my kid, and if he broke it, then I'll just buy him another. Mm-hmm. He comes back. He's um, sulking in a corner. He's not talking to anybody. Oh my God! I yeah. walk over to him and I'm like, listen, 
this thing is under warranty. Like, I think that you just need to try to relax. Like, I understand that you're upset, oh. whatever, like trying to talk sense into it. Uh-huh. And he he's like, Emily, he's like, it's broken and it's going to be broken to me forever. And broken to me <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah, this is like, this is very deep. This this yeah, yeah. VR machine symbolizes a way whole more. array of things. Way wow. more. Wow. He, he's like, I'm on several different medications and like, oh. this is still like, yeah. whatever. It, and, and I am not, I don't feel, um, I don't feel empowered like to discount the way that he's feeling. You know what I mean? Right. But if this is true, like if one of your things falling on the floor and not even breaking is enough to send you into a tailspin. Yeah. That's a really serious problem. Like you need some really intensive therapy. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's not medication. No. no. That's like that's like a whole uh, mental shift yeah exactly like, like you need CBT to be and shit yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so Get in some group meetings my dude like this needs to be the core issue needs to be this seems like there's a core issue that's not that is he's trying to ignore at all costs and so he's on the periphery like i'll get this medication i'll do this thing i'll like work around everything but this i right. guess i don't know yeah. i think like, that's the i think that that's the thing when anybody is on a ton of medication it's usually that yeah that just like not dealing with whatever the core thing is yeah especially it's like it's it's like when people have drinking problems usually there's a i mean i'm also an alcoholic who has a drinking problem right. but but when i was drinking problematically uh, it was I was there was something I was actively trying to avoid. So it's very easy to just like dart around it in different ways. It's sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm not for the record. I'm not anti medication. Like, I no, think but if you're no. on medication. I'm I'm on medication. Like, I think if you're on medication to um, being overly medicated, multiple medications. No, I know. I yeah, and and, right. and like you still have. <laughs> so many problems clearly like can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. can't function seem like it's working he's not functioning he's not no, so no. so uh so then i leave because i'm like okay well this isn't an, an environment that i can be okay in right now yeah. so i leave and i'm like i'm just i'll talk to you later because this is <laughs> you need to you need to take a seat family's so special so special. Yeah. <laughs> i know like all these dynamics come up like every time you're together uh-huh. and it's like you you know it's like you're back when you're seven yeah. or whatever and uh, right. it's all the same shit um so he so then everything else that happened after that I wasn't there for. I mm-hmm. just heard secondhand accounts, mm-hmm. including from my dad, who I just saw yesterday. This who, is like a, an attack. Like I heard from various yeah. journalists. Oh, yeah. The events that transpired <laughs> afterwards. Um, apparently, my dad says to him, uh, you know, if it's broken, I'll replace it. As my sister already offered to do. Yeah, and what like, are we doing? He, he, already, okay. he already said no. So, like, he, it's already, like, this is bigger than the thing. Uh-huh. Like you oh, said, yeah, it's yeah. bigger not than about, the thing. Okay. It's, not about the, <laughs> it's not about the VR machine, people. <laughs> We've moved beyond the VR. <laughs> it's not about virtual reality. It's about reality. Yeah, yeah. This would be a great VR commercial, I by know, the way. Right? <laughs> Sponsored by. This machine by. will ruin your family <laughs> dynamic. <laughs> and you don't even have to use it. <laughs> you just have to baby drop it. Well, ironically, once you ruin 
given your whole family dynamic, what are you going to need? Yeah. Virtual yeah. reality. Yeah. Um, you can <laughs> hang out with little bots of you guys. So my dad, so he, and so he says the same thing to my dad that he said to me, which is like, nah, it's broken. Like I'm never like this. It'll never be the same. It's never going to be fixed. Dad, this is so first world. It's, it's like so yeah. first really world. hard to listen to. And I, your brother's a lovely person, but it's just it's like. It's so entitled. Yeah. It's so, it's, I, I can't. Get wrap my head around it. Yeah. So my dad leaves. My dad pulled a me. Uh-huh. Everyone <laughs> peels out at certain times. Yeah. They're oh like, I'm done. <laughs> We're going to tap out. Uh-huh. Um, I tried with this shit. I got to go. And then uh, almost immediately from my dad's perspective, it was an onslaught of text messages from my brother to my dad saying like, this is your fault. Uh, like I, I should have had uh therapy when I was little. I should have had like exposure therapy to make me able to deal with things breaking. Uh, You like you didn't spend enough time with me. You don't care about me. You don't care about our family. And then bringing up like and I'm talking like hours, like an hours long exchange. Wow. Telling my dad that like he shouldn't have forced him to play football when he was little. He shouldn't have like done this and that. He didn't come see us enough. Like all this stuff. Blaming, basically blaming my dad for all the problems that he has. Okay. And my dad's like, to me, my dad's like, a lot of the stuff that he's saying isn't even factually true. Right. Like, it's like, I I can't even, like, like, you didn't take me to occupational therapy. He did go to occupational therapist. He Uh did, he had special, uh, he had accommodations in school. Yeah. He had... A lot of attention mm-hmm. from what I remember, yeah. but from what everybody remembers, because right. it's the truth. Yeah. yeah. But like at the same time, it's it's not false if it's the way he feels. Like if he feels like he was neglected, then like that's not I'm not saying that's invalid or anything, but it's just like you can't blame everybody else for things that didn't happen. Like right. you did get a lot of attention. Right. So I'm telling my dad, like you need to get on the phone with him. Like you need to talk to him about what, like this resentment that he's clearly feeling towards you and yeah. like get to the root of the problem. But my dad's like, I don't know how to do that because what am I supposed to say? No, that didn't happen. And then yeah. he says, yeah, it did. And then I say, no, it didn't. And then where are we? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know how to advise I don't know how to I know it's not my job. Yeah. But like well, yeah. I it it's like my dad's really upset, clearly. Yeah. They're not talking to each other now. Uh, my brother's a maniac. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know how to fucking deal with it. I just uh-huh. don't know like if there's anything I can do or if any, there's anything I can suggest. I don't even know what I would do if I was in that situation. If somebody was like accusing me of things and like blaming me for all of these psychological problems that are clearly like what is his part his he has a girlfriend yeah yeah what is do you like have any communication with her about any of it i've never no i haven't spoken to her about it right because like she's the closest to him in his life i'm like but then i'm sure she hears his version of all these things but it's like there's got to be one person who's like close to him that also is like lucid enough to you know what I mean to be like a middle person in this I don't know because I'm mm. not near them yeah so I don't know anything about their relationship I don't know if he you know he could act completely different with her yeah than he acts with the rest of the family I'm not sure did he just leave 
the trip like all unresolved like fuck he, you guys it well my dad yeah he was fine with the rest of us it's huh. just your dad he's got beef with your dad yeah, but the thing is, he's had these moments with my mom before, too. He's he's exploded at pretty much every member of my family, and they've figured it out. But I feel like their version of figuring it out is just like, we won't talk about it for a little while. Maybe, right. maybe we'll apologize, and but like not actually talk about the issue. Now, do they coddle him? Uh, well, I feel like my mom does. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time... That's got to stop. I feel like that's a big part of it Mm -hmm. because like so my brother went real crazy for a while there um in his 20s he like uh you know and he wasn't a functioning member of society like your brother has a job and you know that that makes you a fucking functioning but like my brother was i think he was selling drugs and he was just like i would go over and hang out with him and he would say shit like maybe I'll just join the army so like I can get killed and die. And I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Hey, woo. I'm your younger sister. This is nuts. And, um, we were always like worried about him. Um, and yeah, he would, he would come over. He would be very erratic. Like we're like, I don't know who this person is. Um, and uh, he like fucked off and lived in Australia for a while and stole my parents' credit card and racked oh, up a man. bunch of debt. Low key, pretty jealous yeah. It was kind of gangster. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I like get it. Um, but I think for a long time, my parents were like support, like they were p- paying for his apartment and like, and it, it was a small like. My parents are very wealthy, so it wasn't like anything hard for them. But they kept trying to like fix like there was always like a new way to fix what was going on with him and then eventually (laughs) eventually they came to his apartment to check up on him and they found a bunch of i think he used to sell ecstasy um and they found like a big bag of pills like obviously to distribute Mm -hmm. and they just flushed them down the toilet oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah they they hit their wall with him they flushed them down the toilet they like left his apartment and they kind of just were like drowned then and that seems so anti the right thing to do but i actually it was the best he was like i gotta get out of town i can't be living this fucking life anymore he had no options to be coddled or taken care of and he got his shit together like my brother certainly has problems and and as do i but like it forced him to fucking there was no derek's this or i'm helping him with this or Mm -hmm. he's doing this it was just like fuck fuck you with love you know i think it's yeah i think it's the fuck you with love it's really the nicest thing you can do to a loved one who is fucking spiraling not to leave them to die you know what i mean like they didn't want him to be on the streets but they were like we keep offering solutions and you don't want solutions you just want to be enabled over and over and over Mm -hmm. again and break the cycle you know don't offer to buy him a new fucking vr machine like fuck up fuck yeah, off exactly. he can get it himself he bought the first one he yeah, got yeah. or like just there. don't have a vr machine like it's not it is the the definition of a luxury yeah don't talk to people right. like that don't walk these these fits at people for no reason are not acceptable you know what i mean like i'm i'm so rarely like be hard knocks because like a lot of hard knocks no, but parenting I, is really I, I kind of up, agree but. I kind of agree like when it gets to the point where 
you're ruining or like somehow tainting every family situation that right. you're in. Like, okay, then don't come. And when does it end? You know what I mean? When right. they make allowances for this stuff, then it's like, oh, I can do this and everyone's going to fucking jump and it's like how high you know what i mean everyone's Mm -hmm. gonna this and talk and treat this like this is fucking acceptable it's not and it's just gonna keep on going yeah it's gonna go and then he's gonna your parents won't be there forever and he's gonna do it to other people yeah yeah you he'll have to like because he's he's not taking care of himself you know what i mean he seems like he's taking care of himself on the surface and like he has a girlfriend obviously and you're you're not in charge of his well-being but yeah good shannon has a great point like your parents won't be around anymore and if he's continuing to be this like petulant high fucking energy situation who's who's responsible for it he's not taking responsibility for himself no not at all i mean my only thought like the only thought is like nobody in this situation is a professional so like they need to go to family therapy oh, or something 100%. yeah but he doesn't want to do that that's the thing though it's like well, they can go for themselves and then a therapist can teach them boundaries yes that's a good that's point that's a huge part of it that's yes. a good point that's what i just recommended to my my family for that oh yeah yeah my sister's a similar she doesn't do the same petulant kind of stuff but and I used to be like that and had to get myself out of it because yeah. my family enables like crazy. What forced you to get out of it? Was it because they stopped enabling or you just hit like mm-hmm. a certain wall with it? I think I turned 26 and I was like, this is disgusting. I can't keep doing this. Uh-huh. And I was just like, I have to figure this out. So I just decided to kind of cut myself off. Yeah. That's like, that's really strong. Yeah. What, what exactly were you were you doing that you felt like needed to stop? Oh man, I was like drinking and abusing Adderall and just like on all that. And I was like, this is gross. Like I don't want to be this person for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was definitely like could feel that I was ruining friendships by being like really needy and stuff. And I was like, this isn't something's yeah. wrong here. I have to figure it out. Yeah, it feels like people. People know, I mean, I like I cut I, I cut off a friendship recently and I was like, I'm not going to talk about it, but I've been sort of mentioning, mentioning it here and there. And I felt like me. Well, it, when you, um, I'll let you finish. I'm sorry. Sure. But when you say you cut off a friendship, do you mean, you don't mean that like you're for sure never going to no, no. talk to them again. I told this person that I needed to step away because I was worried about how my impulses to, to caretake and, and. You know, and this person has has cared for me in the past. It's not me always caring for them, but it tends. This is how it tends to go down with me mm-hmm. is that I like find someone who is struggling and I identify with their struggle. And I also understand that the world is like a immeasurably cruel place. And there are some people that just get handed a really fucking tough life. And, and I think that's true. And I. But then it becomes like my responsibility to rectify all of these things that have happened to these people. And they're not asking me to do this. I'm doing this. But the minute I was like, I need to walk away from me. I can't offer care because I'm worried about my need to offer care. They flipped out on me. And I was like, oh, then this is not a healthy relationship. Because if me being like, I can't be there for my own health is a deal breaker, then that no friendship, no one person is responsible for other people's entire well-being. Those are just not, that's not. It's helpful for no one. No, it isn't. Yeah. And I was really like, you know, they came at me with some pretty 
mean shit. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, oh, I thought this friendship was one thing, but it's completely a different thing. And I'm a sicko for being in, in it this way, you know? Like, it, it, it just, I don't, it, it, it was... I've learned this lesson with people years and years. Like I've repeated this cycle with people many, many times over. But I think this was the first time I was like, this is what it is. It's never going to be different unless you're different. Mm -hmm. And it was like really hard to do it because it felt mean. It felt so mean. Yeah. When you put up boundaries, it feels like you're the meanest person in the world. Oh my God. You're you're so cruel. (laughs) You're this like, I don't give a shit about your problems, but it, but it's the right thing. Like, I feel like we're programmed to just keep caring and caring and caring, especially with family. It's difficult, but like, Oh man. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sorry. What were you going to (laughs) say? No, I was just going to say, when you start to find people who are okay with those boundaries, you're like, Oh, those people do exist. And then it just opens up a whole other world. Oh my God. Oh, this is just way easier. Oh my God. I I ask you to do something. You do it. Uh, you know, our, our dynamics are equal. I'm not like worried all the time. Yeah. It's, it's like I can be, I could be like, hey, I'm sick today. I can't hang out and it doesn't like shatter you. Yes. It's such, it's the fact that you, when you don't live in that world and then you leave that world, you're like, how did I live in insanity for so long? Yeah. Um, but it's, I'm sure people react poorly sometimes when you say that. Of course, it seems people. condescending. It seems like, I'm above I'm above being, helping you and mm-hmm. it's like I'm not I just we shouldn't be helping each other in these ways right it's not like I'm cutting you off as like I've met people who are like I cut out and like it's a red flag to me when people are like talk constantly about cutting people out yeah, yeah. like oh, that means yeah. that you have something going sure, on sure yeah why are you cutting out everybody yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, uh they're like real like, manic they're like I don't have anyone and you're like whoa, whoa. <laughs> you're, you're full of holes <laughs> okay buddy your, your life is a piece of Swiss cheese well yeah, yeah. people people who like People who have stories over and over again about friendships exploding means that, like, something is amiss in their life. Although, I also have met people who, for some reason, are, maybe they're just too forgiving or too... They're Alanonics. They're 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 me's, Mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. I have my old roommate a, a, a lot, like, just constantly bad people would come into their life. Because you allow it right yeah. and like that seems so victim blamey yeah but you're playing a part in it there's also like to some when you're so used to that you do because i being like an alcoholic attract people who will want to take care of me and now i can tell when it's somebody who's like trying to take care of me i'm like no 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 no, we're not good for each other yeah please don't like this isn't good for either of us uh-huh. you we both need to step back yeah what was your um trajectory with the drinking like when did you start drinking when did it become a problem like that type of thing I was like, uh, when I turned 18, I, I had a uh, ID. I worked at a convenience store and took an ID and just like started drinking mm, from there. And I yeah, was like, yeah, fake ID. Party yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, I had alcoholic behavior long before that, just mm-hmm. trying to get my hands on any substance that I could in high yeah. school and uh, treated food alcoholically, tre- you know, just like everything was sure. like yeah. an addictive person. And uh, did comedy and that just made it worse because (laughs) I mean, actually, comedy was like an excuse for me to drink. I was already drinking alcoholically before that. Oh, yeah. 
I think a lot of people use yeah. it as an excuse to, well, to party. It's a quote oh, it's job. Such a good, I'm where... networking. I'm fucking no, I'm networking. I'm all I'm networking until five in the morning. <laughs> I'm meeting people. Uh-huh. I'm like Don Draper. I drink on the job. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I gotta be <laughs> I was at a comedy party last night and I saw a lot of networking. Wink, wink, sure. wink. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm gonna network my way into this bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Net- networking is either drinking or sucking people's dicks. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I really yeah, yeah, networked yeah. heavily in my early comedy years. <laughs> Just a lot of fingers up butt. <laughs> this is how I'm going to get that fucking writing job. I'm going to give it to someone who didn't put their finger up the butt. I'll, something. I'll, I'll finger my way off. <laughs> Someday. This comedian fingered their way to the top. <laughs> I'm going to finger blast my way. <laughs> if only fingers were that powerful uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, until they men can figure be. out how much they want to be fingered yeah uh, seriously <laughs> right yeah yeah it's a great thing so i uh i finger blasted my way there for <laughs> <laughs> 10 yeah. years or so yeah and i was just like eh, i've had enough when i was like 27 i was like um just like got fired from a day job and i was like i can't be because i saw so many of my friends who would just always get fired and blame it on the job and yeah yeah, I know it's not the job. Yeah, you know it's weird when you're like lucid enough to the denial starts to slip away at a certain point, and it's hard. You're like, it's not a problem, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then. Well, I think you make a good point though, because like when you see other people in your life fucking up their lives, you're able to kind of view yourself from a more objective place of yeah. like, if it were somebody else, I would think they're this person's really fucking up their life. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be like, what's that? You know, I used to live next to the Blue Man group to the uh, theater. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> In Chicago, they perform at the uh, Briar Street Theater and okay. I used to live next door to it. Okay. Nice. And there was a CVS. I was next picturing door like you know blue men in your lobby. Yeah. It would be amazing. <laughs> I would love. Also, like my favorite graffiti I've ever seen is one time somebody graffitied the Blue Man Group Theater and it just said "Daba Dee Daba Die." <laughs> oh, that's amazing! Like, this is beautiful. That's peak. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a run-in with the Blue Man Group what? Um, when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, this is a true story. True story. They are you to you? Are you a super? Yeah. Are you superstitious at all? Uh, I can be. I love playing superstitious. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, so when I was in middle school, uh, we took a class trip to Boston and mm. we went to see the Blue Man Group. Uh-huh. And at the end of the show, so you know the whole. Have you seen the Blue Man Group? No, I live next to it. I did not go see it. <laughs> you couldn't just walk around the corner and see you them. Just see like was, meta Blue Man. You just saw them like walking around, getting coffee, and right. yeah, I feel like living full their makeup. Life. I feel like <laughs> when you when you see full the makeup. Blue Man in their everyday life, you don't need to see the facade. Yeah, yeah. like you know how the sausage is made. You know yeah, what's yeah, under yeah. the blue. I saw, <laughs> I saw too many tour buses, and I was like, I cannot go in sure. there. Sure. Yeah. Well, so I was forced to see the Blue Man Group. Mm-hmm. It was a great show yeah it's worth seeing but at the end there was this um what do they do they just jump around and they, hit they, drums they play yeah they play yeah. music they do like funny little skits they don't talk at all are they naked no okay what? What? that would be a wholly different show <laughs> i like a hundred percent was like they're naked everything's blue they fuck each other <laughs> you thought that they had fully they were fully naked blue men not like really Cov- but like, like a little bit blue. in my head i okay. was like well when people wear body paint it kind of looks like their clothes yeah i just don't think you could Do take they children there dark you could shorts see, you could still see a dick <laughs> yeah I know. even if it's painted blue it doesn't go away <laughs> i wish i wish in my mind i want the blue man group to be naked but yeah. i know probably it's not the case 
living your life this whole time thinking that the blue men were naked? <laughs> were you were you confusing bit. it with puppetry of the penis? Maybe. Oh my god, do you know puppetry of the penis? Yes, I do. We're getting yeah. off topic. Yeah. But yeah. Fantastic. Anybody who doesn't know what, just Google puppetry of the penis. No, I don't anyway. I don't actually think I mean I kind of do. I want them to be. Anyway, so they're wearing well, clothes. Okay, so they're wearing Whatever. clothes, fully clothed. <laughs> at the end, the their big finale. The big shebang at the end. They suck each other off. They suck each other (laughs) off. No. (laughs) They ejected ejected this giant veil of toilet paper over the whole audience heads. So it was like very, very. Well, this was pre like pre people being woke about global warming Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. uh, recycling. A different time. It was all like weaved together. So it was it was thick. It was Mm -hmm. like a wave of toilet paper. Just like. Covered in cum, uh-huh. just blue into blue. Cum. Covered yeah. in blue, <laughs> blue men is what it I is. I want to have a blue man orgy. Okay, yeah. just All fully, right. fully <laughs> engulfed the audience, uh-huh. right? And I started feeling a little claustrophobic. Yeah, and I started freaking out a little bit. Yeah, and I was like tearing my way through the toilet paper, <laughs> like oh my god, like I thought I was dying. Yeah, we finally get out of the theater, um, and. Uh, we're we're like congregating with my little you know bitch friends uh-huh. in middle school. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, I didn't even think they were that good. Like they should have warned us that they were going to cover us in toilet paper, like whatever. I was oh, just yeah, like yeah. being a little like, sassy. Oh, cunt. they upset me exactly yeah. to get them. Uh-huh. And then and somebody is making this motion like the cutthroat, like stop stop uh-huh. talking uh-huh. to me. But I'm so into your enraged. little bitch fest. Yeah, yeah. I'm so enraged yeah. by the toilet paper thing that I can't stop talking. And then I get a tap on my shoulder no. and I turn around oh. and there's a blue man standing <laughs> right there. Oh, oh, he doesn't oh. say a fucking word. It. He just reaches out and he touches my nose. <laughs> this is so weird. And this he is so weird. I don't like this he at all. He leaves some blue paint oh. on my nose. No. And I swear. He marked you to be killed. I swear. He's like this one. <laughs> I swear to fucking bitch. God. I swear to fucking God. I wanted God. to be an actor and now I'm covered in blue paint and this fucking 10 year old is complaining. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, he was oh. he was pissed. Yeah, but he to his credit, he um he kept the act going like he didn't talk at all. Yeah. He was still covered in the blue paint. He acted kind of creepy. They're like borderline creepy. They're, They're creepy. creepy. They're creepy. They're also, very creepy. Again, talk about age appropriateness. Yeah, you, you can't be mad you at can't, a 13 year old. And you can't touch a child. Even no, you can't boop a child with blue paint. And also he stopped me being naked at the during the performances. <laughs> Stop it. It's not OK. It's not OK. We've gone from turned on to creeped out, which is usually how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, God, my whole life, <laughs> he touches my nose. I get blue paint on my nose and for the next I want to say 10 years I was extremely superstitious about this mm-hmm. whenever I would talk about anybody they'd be right behind me oh, well for sure yeah. that's like the creepiest it experience. was the blue man curse yeah it's yeah. the ultimate yeah he, you don't forget that he marked you he marked <laughs> he me it mark was the blue you. mark of death <laughs> that is horrifying well yeah. I'm happy that I was able to tell that story <laughs> yeah. yeah please oh my god a lot it's, of yeah also, uh, that's every boss. No school trip to Boston for me ever turned out good. So yeah, that no. sounds about in Boston's line with a weird how Boston place. is. Yeah, Boston is a hellhole. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, why are we going to Boston? We live in New York. Yeah. Oh, why would you? Yeah, <laughs> I lived in between Boston and New York, so it made sense. Boston's mm-hmm. a little bit cheaper, but like, right. did you get touched by a blue man? Come on, you know God. that's that's why. Um. So okay, so you were you were a the problematic. Uh, sibling and then you got your act together with your parents and your sister now is kind of still 
doing the dance a little bit she's taking on the problematic sibling oh man you know it's a you know how old is she she's two years younger than me so she's 30 Uh uh-huh um and uh you know i don't want to talk about it too much sure yeah but like uh you know, it's like that. Did somebody drop a VR machine? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like, my family is just very, um, like old German Catholic. Okay. Like, we don't talk about anything. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. Uh, just very Midwestern, like put your nose to the grindstone and get it done. Mm-hmm, and now mm-hmm. my, my family, my generation is trying to be a little bit more emotional, but trying to bring emotions to Germans is not the best. <laughs> yeah. I've uh, heard, I've heard about them. Yeah. 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 Do, do you guys <laughs> hug each other? We do. See, my mom, my parents have like, because they, I think, were very disillusioned by how they were brought up. They wanted to really do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's, it's, you know, it's not. Is uh, it a little stiff? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a little bit, it's a little bit odd. Um, they yeah. really, they've really done, you know, each generation tries to do better than the last. Right. Yeah. yeah. That when somebody try when you're in a family of non-huggers or like non-natural huggers and they try to hug you it's almost worse than not yeah it feels hug. weird my, yeah yeah my dad it's never like t- rigor mortis <laughs> yeah it's very odd yeah you, well your father touches you a lot that's what I she mean, said um I, I don't isolate <laughs> <Yeah>. that clip <laughs> your father is the blue man yeah, yeah. we're we we yes i i'm He's, a very affectionate your family's very lovey-dovey yeah in, in a way and my my mom is was physical with me but my dad when i was a little girl he was but when i became like a you know a, 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 a little tiny woman he was like no thank you yeah and well, I, he's a goy yeah so. yeah so yeah, i remember i remember seeing you being like cuddly with your dad and i was like that blows my mind like i want that yeah but- i mean it's not like, I don't think it's required that people need to like to be touched or to hug. Or but it's good, though. It's good. It's for, good. I yeah, think it's it good is. for you. Yeah. I think that it's good for your brain to be touched. Yeah. And, like, I imagine that, that, like, as a child, it would be weird to because as a child, you don't understand a lot of differences between like different ways that people can show affection. So mm-hmm. like right. hugging a child is the clearest, most one-to-one. Well, in the Allen family, we give you money. That's how we show <laughs> love. Yeah. You know what? I don't hate yeah. that one. It's It's been good for time periods and I don't accept money from them anymore. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I would love to just get the money and not deal with what comes attached to it. But I kind of had a, you know, a similar I've been I've been sheathing off the dysfunction of my family for years now and I the money aspect of it I realized pretty early on that was taking money from my parents was allowing them to abuse was giving them a free pass to abuse me in the way that they do and you know I'm using right. I'm using abuse my dad is a much more abusive person my mom doesn't abuse me but like it it green lights certain behaviors and right it, the power dynamic is off because i need you you know what i mean yeah and, and i have to be able to stand independently of you in order to actually like you know to put up the boundaries there has to be no exchange between the two of us like this you yeah know? you have to meet them like an adult yeah yeah and that's it sucks because being an adult sucks new york city's expensive being a comedian is fucking hard like but at a certain point, I was just like, no, no more of this, because what comes along with it is ugly. So it sucks. Fucking blows balls. <laughs> I, I mean, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com slash hot mess. So so with you. So you had t- 
top surgery recently and uh-huh. have started like taking uh, I was listening to you on Keith and the girl, obviously. Uh-huh. So I got a little piece of the information, but uh, topical testosterone. Yeah. So how is how did your family like react to that? Have they been like, you know, it's been supportive. a big test in boundaries. Sure. So. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I actually for practiced you. it. I got this tattoo before I ever got top surgery, and I practiced not telling my family stuff. Can I see I, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful flower. Yeah, Thank it's you. really pretty. Gotta, it's probably my bad idea for acting, but whatever. <laughs> we all shit. Everybody has tattoos now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. As long mm-hmm. as it's not on the face, which... I'm planning on it. <laughs> Swastika. No. <laughs> oh, man. My grandpa's like, we came over before the war. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, yeah, I so I, that was a practice in not telling my family about body stuff mm-hmm. and, um, you know, putting on boundaries. So I didn't tell my family before I got top surgery. Did it. How long did the whole procedure take? A year and a half. So it was wow. a lot of, it was a long practice of like not saying anything. Why didn't you want to say anything? Did you think they wouldn't react well? Was that the thinking behind that? Yeah. My mom has horrible anxiety. So she would, it would just be, it would be a big, it would be more hassle than it would be help. Would it, is it related to you having an elective surgery or is it like, what would be the anxiety be about? Exactly. Um, I think it's a deeper thing. I don't mm-hmm. really know. I think that it's just like um, uh, a way of connecting. She doesn't, I, I, you know, I don't want to speculate too much, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling that that's her way of connecting is to be anxious about stuff. Uh, okay. I see. But yeah. I wanted to be able to. But you're probably anxious on your own. You're like doing this oh, big yeah. thing. I'm yeah. like, this is a big thing and mm-hmm. I need to be of sound mind and I need to be uh, like kind of like taking care of myself in order to recover and yeah. not worrying about taking care of other people's emotions. So I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to do it myself and, uh, you know, be an adult about it. Yeah. And uh, I have like great roommates and friends who helped me out with like that's great you know making sure i didn't pass out or anything like that <laughs> yeah. yeah our uh, um i guess not really friend anymore <laughs> but someone that we knew had top surgery and he was in bed with like tubes coming out everywhere oh, yeah. for like days it was very very invasive what? it's like a two-week in bed recovery like i couldn't work i worked from home for a week and then was bedridden for not bedridden but i was i like, mean yeah i was bedridden. Bedridden. Kind of bedridden yeah it actually was not and because i'm an addict i was like please don't give me like give me the bare minimum oh, pain medication like Ooh. i do not want it you know wow good for you gangster what, <laughs> i was like <laughs> yeah what, what was the um so what was the decision making process about getting the top surgery because i know that you you identify as queer is that correct so yeah you go by they them and so what what was the decision like what what was pushed it over the edge pushed it over the edge to like wanna I got I'm very like uh, fly by the seat of my pants so I was like uh, I'd always I I was talking about it on stage already just kind of trying to like hope that there was somebody in the audience someday would just be like (laughs) hey here's 10 grand go get it kid which of course doesn't happen but I um well, I, knew that I, I, I mean, it's it. too late now, but if you go on GoFundMe, there are people just looking <laughs> just to spend me. their money. Yeah. yeah, just like, I mean, and and I really thought I was like, this will be a sign of when I'm taking care of myself that I'm able to pay for this for myself. Yeah. And I happened into a job that actually had really good insurance and paid for it. Oh, so, hell yeah. Like, hell yeah. Look at that. Yeah. So um, it was good practice in keeping a job for like I still have that job. Yeah. Um, knock on wood. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this and this will be me learning how to stay put, like stay put for a minute and yeah. just 
get the surgery and take care of myself and, you know, and testosterone I'm just playing with. I'm not really looking to fully masculinize. I'm just kind of okay. like seeing what the brain effects are, I guess. Yeah. Like, I feel like my brain was set up to function on testosterone a little bit better. Uh-huh. Why is that? I don't know. I just always had that sense. Um, and it definitely immediately calmed me down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Then that m- must be the step in the right direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. so. I don't yeah. think I don't want like a full beard. My family goes bald a lot. So I'm like, I think I'm going to stop at some point. But yeah. 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 That's so, I mean, oh, like, <laughs> that would be such a letdown if yeah. you ended up being bald because you took too much testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. Testosterone. I, I think, um, I don't know where I heard this, but the higher your testosterone is, the more likely you are to go bald. So yeah, like it's connected oh. to some like DHT. I don't know if that's the thing, but Weird. there's some, something that yeah, I, it's like, like, like baldness in men. I mean, there are, there are certain traits that are connected to higher testosterone. Mm-hmm. One is like. People tend to be more outgoing if they have higher testosterone. Yeah, baby. And another another one. I, I can't like name them all. I actually I feel like think, I'm made of testosterone. But, but do you want to hear something interesting? Mm-hmm. A higher voice usually really? equates to higher testosterone. Really? Huh. So like my dad, for example, he's like a small, yeah, like he's a slight elfish, little man. Yeah, elfish, slight little man uh-huh. with like a kind of like a higher voice. Like he doesn't have a very deep voice and a bald head. And he's his testosterone levels must be off the fucking charts. Yeah, man. Yo, that's yeah. Wild. And it's like not what you would think. You would think that, you Low know, a, a cut bodybuilder type dude would yeah. have the most testosterone. No, apparently not. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you um, have friends who have done hormone therapy before? Like what was the or are you just kind of like, let's see where I feel good and then we'll like take it from there type methodology, I guess is the yeah. word for that. Yeah. I have a friend who is a I believe that she uses she her pronouns. Mm-hmm. It's like more of a bodybuilder type. Uh-huh. And she was on very low dose for about four years. Mm-hmm. And so I've taken a lot of like information from her and just like Facebook groups about non-binary folks on testosterone. And uh yeah, I just kinda like I'm like, I'm gonna see how my body feels. Mm-hmm. I think that I have like a three month window where there's most of the effects will be somewhat reversible. Uh huh. Not, I mean, if I grow a beard, I'm going to always have some facial hair, Sick. but yeah, I, there's no signs yet. So yeah. I'm yeah. like, I think I would be dysphoric with a beard. I don't think I want that. You know? Okay. When I you, see. uh, when you were younger, were your parents, did they want you to be more feminine than you wanted to be? Or what was your experience there? I had a, when I was a kid, I pretty fully gave up my sense of self. So I kind of don't <laughs> have like a, you know, it was a great old dissociative childhood. Yeah. Uh, so I don't really like, I think so. But also, I mean, in a way though, my mom is really cool in that she was like an old school feminist kind of like. A German feminist. Uh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so she like really wanted her kids to be, uh, fully capable themselves mm-hmm. but at the same time she was adamant that you don't have to be manly to be capable mm-hmm. so it yeah. kind of it was important but it also kind of messed with my head where i was like well maybe i want to be a little bit manly mm-hmm. you know but i think that she saw it as oh no you just want to be capable you don't want to be manly i see, I see. like you're taking on the male characteristics like in order to be yeah. taken seriously quote unquote right yeah right because i think in her generation that was an issue and yeah you know, it's still never clear. Yeah, I think rejecting things that are hyper feminine traditionally can be a way to assert yourself as an independent. Well, yeah, I was talking to someone. I was talking to Judy Gold <laughs> about comedy when she was coming up, and she was like, 
there were uh, the the lesbians were the only female comedians that could climb quickly because the men like knew they weren't. I mean, they would still try to hook up with them because men are pigs, but right. like they were going to turn them. But it was yeah. they they didn't care what men thought. They didn't care about men's opinions of them because they weren't trying to be sexually appealing to them. So it freed them of this whole like how feminine I even have these moments of like, am I pandering to male audiences right now? Do I want to? Am I wearing makeup because I want to be um, taken more seriously or to get things more easily? Where's the line of how much do I enjoy my femininity versus how much am I using it? to propel myself forward. And I don't fault myself. I don't fault. If anyone uses being hot to get things, I don't care. The system is set up to, fu- you know what I mean? It's like when there's com- young comedians posting thirst traps and they're getting huge followings. I'm like, good. The system's fucked and rig it the way that you want. But I think yeah. every, uh, female identifying comedian definitely has this like how much of a cop out am I doing right now by being a sexual right. woman I it's, mean I it's think a, it's a mind fuck right that you even have to think about right that. I'm like yeah. dudes aren't thinking about that no not at all straight dudes aren't gay dudes I think are thinking about that all yeah a little bit more yeah, yeah. um I, I think everybody needs to determine what they want to do and what they think like what everybody has to develop their own personal philosophy about that. Yeah. For me personally, I have no issue like posting any kind of content. Like if we're talking about Instagram yeah. photos of myself, like I have no problem doing that. I enjoy doing that. And also it gets a shit ton more likes than anything else. No, it's so annoying. Yeah. It's so annoying, but it's true. But my personal philosophy is that I always try to be funny. I always try to make it into some kind of a joke or some kind of a funny thing. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy like, I enjoy that as a creative challenge in a way or like that and that's just my sensibility like I like doing that but that doesn't mean that somebody can't post whatever fucking content they want to because what is Instagram what is social media if not just like a window into somebody's personal life someone posted Mm -hmm. something really interesting that I liked about this I'm gonna see if I can find it because I I think about this often uh the like am I being shady by by using sexuality not I'm not like I'm not blue man grouping I'm not sucking everyone off but um but I am I like that the blue man group has just yeah. <laughs> an orgy um and is that I'm still mad that we live in a society that raises women to believe that their looks are the greatest value but then punishes them for being smart enough to learn how to turn that societal value value into monetary gain through modeling or sex work which is like that's that's my it's like it's it's a lose lose. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. Right, it puts you right. in this horrible little like spin where it's like, I know this works, but if I use it, am I betraying? Am I playing into a system? And it's like, well, then the whole system's fucked and fuck all you. Yeah, it's so messed up that anything you do is in relation to are you attractive to men? So either you're like by choice not attractive, yeah. or you're by choice attractive. Yeah, but there's nothing outside of it that. It sets everything up with that being like the primary goal, and yeah. it's weird. Like uh, I don't know, and and you just came out with a fantastic web series. Just call me Ripley, okay. um, and I, I've watched a little bit about it, and a, a lot of it seems to be out confusion around identity and sexuality. And I've kind of had a similar thing in the past few years where 
in the me too world i've like i've like done inventory of all my sexual interactions and my relationships and how they were set up and i was like oh my god that's a lot of like abuse and rape and like me just like these men are gods and i want to do anything that i can to keep them like and this is me playing into like the way the system is set up for women to you you're not valuable unless you have the attention of men you're not a valid person if you're not married or like attractive you know what i mean so once you strip once you strip that away though you're kind of floating around in space being like well now that i'm outside of that what am i what do i like like what you know not that i i'm like i'm purposeless now that men don't that's not what i'm saying but it's just like it's this weird limbo that you then move into that's like, okay, so that's all gone. Like, what is this now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you mean like if I'm not this thing, then who am I? Is that? Yeah. If I'm not in, if I'm not participating in abusive relationships, if I'm not um, having sex or, or sexual courtships that are uh, like, little rapey or you know there's like a big power dynamic to it when i choose to walk away from that stuff then like what do i like you know Mm. oh it's so hard yeah i honestly haven't figured it out yet at all i I walked away (laughs) yeah i don't it's i've been i haven't hooked up with men in years and i'm just like still working that out yeah wild how deep that gets yeah well it's just kind of this then you have to get to the core of like what you and, and I can imagine, especially if if you're playing with your gender at the same time, then it's like double the confusion of like, where yeah. do I identify in the in the gender world? Where is my sexuality? Like, ugh. yeah. Did you draw a lot from personal experience in the web series? Yeah, it was it was uh, this one is a uh, pretty it's not autobiographical, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's pretty close semi-autobiographical uh-huh. semi yeah that's what they call it when you change names Shit. <laughs> <laughs> change name change jobs barely yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah so i mean wh- what do you want like what are you trying to communicate in the web series like what do you want what would you like people to take away from it that type of thing i think it's just getting starting to get into the gray area of stuff i think that when i was coming out i was really caught up in binaries and like I am, am I gay? Am mm-hmm. I straight? And that was really I think everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so and you know, and um it gets it gets so uh pointless at some point where you're just like you just just go and do what feels yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. learn to or even just learn to know what feels right. And yeah. uh so yeah, I think it's just giving people an in between space and also a coming out story that's not hyper traumatic or yeah that you can laugh at, even if it is traumatic that you can laugh at it. Well, when did you, when did you come out? How old were you? I was like 23, 24. Okay. I think. Yeah. 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 I think people need that because we're, we're at, we're like in a very interesting time right now where there is still a lot of repression and there is still, I still hear a lot of traumatic coming out stories from people and their parents don't accept it and it breaks up their family and all this stuff. But I also, I mean, I know personally, I grew up in a very, liberal area of the country and i know um people who were out at like 10 years old and their parents never had a problem with it and i mean that's an extreme in the other direction but i think there's Mm -hmm. a lot of like you said gray area within that yeah and it's uh i mean i grew up in a super liberal area but it was 
um, just 90s enough that it was like <laughs> liberal didn't necessarily mean accepting of gay. Sure. Yeah. And so it was like, now they're all like, well, we were fine. And it's yeah. like, ah, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> I think also just giving people like the space to grow and, and you know, I don't know. There's like, yeah. It feels like, um, like even when I was, I was talking about my strap on a thon experience. <laughs> I went, I went to birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you can't just, you yeah. can't just throw that out there. Yeah. Last <laughs> night, someone was asking me about my strap on a thon experience. And, um, I was talking about like my friends who I, I went to an all ladies orgy at burning man and, what? um, it was dope. But, uh, my friends who were there with me, our friends I grew up with, they're like, they, a lot of them still live in Canada or, or like, you know, I do not live in hyper liberal New York City amongst like comedians who are, you know, always talking and like very, very, um, you know, I, I we have the privilege of being able to be around people with all types of experiences and we get to speak pretty openly about them. So I feel like I have a pretty good hold on, you know, how to act around this situation, you right. know, with strap on a thon. Yeah, strap on a thon. <laughs> this is completely within my wheelhouse. I yeah. live in New York City and, you know, but there they did a lot of joking about it afterwards and it was like you're trying you, you're trying to process this through jokes, which uh-huh. is how we've operated in the past, but the jokes started to get like oh in, the- in the vein of like Oh, you went to this thing. So, like, are you gay now? Like yeah. That, that when are you going to come out? Do you want to sit on our faces? Like, Eek. wow. Yeah. It, and it was, it was like, but, but when it was happening, I was like, oh, this is exactly how we used to all operate. Like, you, I now realize that this is you being kind of like bigoted towards me, but you're, but this was completely the standard back when I was in high school. Like, of course I was weird about this particular part of my sexuality because I knew that I was going to be greeted with something like this, you know? Right. Right. And it's like, it's not, it's uninformed. It's not hateful. I mean, it, at it, at its roots, it is homophobic definitely, but it's like, it's just very misguided and you kind of like, it puts you in the position of being like, now I have to teach you a fucking lesson now. Uh, right, right. Uh, I don't want to be the fucking person that does this lecture. I just want to go fuck and or have like fun. constantly need to label right. everything. Yeah, we are so obsessed with labels. It's like, why can't I just be attracted to what I'm attracted to? Right, right. Or right. like pursue the things that I want to pursue. Why did why did we need to put a label to it? Which they can be useful if you're like I'm think like when I was a kid, I didn't have. A word for what I was and there was no labels but what was there was assumed to be straight like if you just were you were straight yeah yeah that's the default yeah and if you like it would have been I think at that time helpful for me to be like I have something to call myself mm-hmm. and yeah. other people are like this yeah where can people um, see the web series they could check it out on justcallmeripley.com or it's on nice, a you got uh, the URL mm-hmm. we got the URL yeah. we got the Squarespace and it's through um, this uh, a great Chicago network called Open Television, now OTV. Yeah. They're uh, they're awesome. They do like a ton of intersectional web series. You can check them out. I their love it. As well. Check there's, it the fuck out. There's this in your preview. There's um, one scene where you're working at the bagel shop and some guy is talking about all the different types of gender and he's like, Someone identified as Miami and someone's <laughs> like, Miami's a place. He's like, that's a gender. I'm just like, this is... 
So, yeah, I feel like we're in this great exploratory period where we are like, what version can there's so many possibilities for how you can be and identify. Um, well, and, and after you talked about well, actually, before you went to Burning Man and yeah. you were talking about like rethinking your sexuality and stuff mm-hmm. like that, we received a lot of messages. I know that this is something that a lot of people think yeah. about and wonder about. And so check it out. It's it's a great like it's a very great thing to be talking about because I think it's so much more. I, when I went to visit my boyfriend in Virginia, uh, his friend who's, whose parents are super Catholic, like uber, uber hard C, uh, she was like, yeah, I had a... I had dinner with uh, my family and one of my siblings came out. They both came out during the same dinner. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, one of them was like, I, the the male sibling was like, I'm gay and I'm dating a black person. And the other one was like, the female bodied was like, I'm trans. And uh, I can't remember who they were dating, but the Catholic <laughs> dad was just like, uh, 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 oh my God. Uh, what would you pay to be a fly oh on my the God. wall at that family oh my God. dinner? Amazing. But yeah. Just but like, yeah. <laughs> that would be go like, so viral. Uh-huh. Like just flashing back to, oh my God, what did I do in my childhood to deserve right, this? Right. <laughs> All yeah. these priests being like, don't masturbate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it was like, oh, this is such a, a, a right now in America moment yeah. happening. These two generations, like the young, the young generation is like finally feels emboldened enough to be themselves. And then the older generation is faced with something that just seems like way the fuck out of left field to them. But it's like, no, of course. The, just because you did, just because you pretended it wasn't there, doesn't mean it isn't. It but wasn't like, there though. You yeah. knew it was there though. Yeah, of course. Time. And now yeah. you're the ones who are going to have to change your fucking attitude. Yeah, yeah. and it's a- sink or swim time, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we have to wrap up the show, but where can people follow you? You can follow me on all platforms at Shannon L. Noel. Yeah. Shannon is a very funny comedian also. And uh, you're based out of Chicago. So Chicago listeners go out and see them perform. Chicago is a hotbed of amazing comedy. Everybody, uh, it sometimes seems like everybody who I'm obsessed with here in New York came from Chicago. Yeah. Because they go straight to the fucking source. (laughs) They have great attitudes. They're funny. They really do. They're fucking easy to work with. The Midwest, man. Yeah. Got the thickest pizza in the world. <laughs> I've never had deep dish, but um, don't. No, yeah, you'll have a I, heart attack immediately. But it <laughs> it'll, kill, it'll yeah, fully yeah. kill you. I, I wanted to ask you before we go why you think you're a hot. I mean, we've covered a pretty wide range of things, but I'm curious to know, like, if you could definitively say why you're a hot mess. What would you say? Well, I could give. Most recently, I coming to New York. I got my my flight was canceled, and I just I make rash decisions constantly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, flight canceled, gonna drive. And just uh, at seven o'clock at night, started driving to New York and made it three hours in. And I was like, I am not 21 anymore. (laughs) Yes. And had to fully pay for a very expensive hotel. Oh, the body you when you get in your 30s, the body starts to not (gasps) be able to do the things. And you're like, no, I was like, do it, do the thing. And it was like, no, you're going to crash. And I was like, yeah. Sucks. I kind of respect that though. D- that the car, the the split <laughs> decision, the renting a car. You had to rent a car. No, I took my own. Here's the thing: I took a fifty dollar cab from the airport to my oh. house because okay, there were no mind. rental cars. It was not a smart. I did not think it through. Yeah, no, I just was a little very, misguided. Very misguided. <laughs> you a rash decision. You're a rash decision. Rash person. decision maker. Yeah. 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 
It's kind of fun though. Those people are fun to hang out with. <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad at it. Impulsive people make the funnest hang. They, do not, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Do not do not depend on me for money or roommate situation. I mean, I'm fine now, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> well, that also tracks with the um, addictive personality. A hundred percent. Well, it kind it's of probably good you don't drink. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. I'm gonna go out on a limb for sure. Many times ended up biking on the highway. Bad. Point. Oh shit. Dr- what drunk? Drunk. Just okay. like where am I going? Highway. <laughs> Andrea ended up on the highway on a bike. Yeah. I feel like that's a normal thing, but um, like, she also doesn't drink. So. <laughs> yeah. I, think I feel if, like you would if be you see dead someone on, on the, highway, the side of the road. Yeah. 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 I was like, this was a mistake. <laughs> but you can't your, get off. Your you fur can't. coat You're just there in the wind. <laughs> on a city bike. <laughs> just like, this is it. This is it. This is, well, this is this. what takes me out. <laughs> yeah. Addictive personalities don't just go away. They just right. assign themselves to different It's like playing whack-a-mole. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, let's do this now. How oh, about, yeah. why don't we get addicted to just video games on your phone? Yeah. You know? Work, food, um, you know. Relationships. All yeah. of it. Uh-huh. Lying in a comfy bed. Oh, yeah. The best. That's my addiction. Wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can follow us at Hot Mess Podcast yes. on Twitter, Hot Mess Comedy Hour on Instagram, uh, and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which Please is Hot do. Mess Comedy Hour. We go live every Friday around noon, and we interact with people live. It's a very fun hang. Yeah, I love it so much. We talked about the corpse last. We uh, talked live about stream. the corpse. I know you are all thirsty for the corpse. Everyone's fucking thirsty for the corpse. And uh, if you would like to support us and get some fire bonus content buyer i see you guys signing up listen you pay our rent so fucking it's important and we are so thankful for the support that you give so thank- but listen we're not a charity cases we're not asking you to give us money for no reason we're we're create we're giving you so much content you will have so much access to us that you will be begging us to go away mm-hmm. Yeah, the bonus shows are great. There's access to our 200 episode back catalog. Um, My favorite is the Facebook group because I think things get real loose in there. Yeah. And I enjoy it. I enjoy hearing from people on a daily basis. Their little posts just bring me so much joy. And I love live streaming. We live stream at random times for... Up to an hour. That's mostly Andrea. I yeah. do. I do like fifteen minutes. Andrea will be on it for an hour. But I'm like putting on a face mask. I like take my groceries. I'm like, what is going on? It's hey, actually Sam. it's actually so great when you're doing the mundane things in your life to just have a little. Audience. Yeah, it's just like have a little friend group that you can talk to at all times. I fucking love you the, guys. I love the internet, and yeah. I love you guys. I do. And and with that being said, I'd like to read out a thank you to all of our. Uh, Patreon subscribers. I'm gonna five dollars and up. Five dollars and up, baby. Okay, Adam Henry, Adrian Larose, Amy Bennett, Alex Matthews, Allie May. What's up, Allie? Alicia Gordon. Alicia Gordon is gorgeous. Um, let's talk to her online. Alicia gorgeous. Alicia, am I, I right? Hello. Um, Am Amal. Andrea Land, Andy Green, Anna Selheim, Anne, Anne Anderley, Annie, Annie Cobb, Ariel Wisegrow, Big Booty Britches, aka Cody Allen. What's Cody up? Cody Allen, what's up? Blaine Fritch, Brian Salazar, Katie Perez, Caroline Hu, Celeste, Charlotte Mower, Hamda Hennessy, Halal. Uh, Sherry Loom, Chick Suave, Chris Jeffrey, 
Chris Walden, Colin Tashler, Coral Anya. Fucking love Coral Anya. She's always oh, up yeah, on YouTube. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, Craig Bernard, Dan Lawrence, my brother, Derek Allen. Thanks, man. Hello. Um, Devin, Dixie Normus. God damn it. Douglas Classic. Spock, Ellen Nordahl, is Elizabeth Karaski, Emily, have you been uh, giving to our I Patreon pay, I pay, pay into the system. <laughs> I just want to boost our numbers. Emma Fleisner, Eric Quick, Eunice Lau, Felicia Kay, Fiona Fagan Cocamiglio, Georgina, Green Eggs and Sam, Gregory Valentine, Haley Cat. Here's a dollar. Thank you. Here's a dollar actually gives us ten dollars. Ten dollars. Hillary, Holly Harmon. Holly's been around for a long time. Yeah. She's the fucking best. She's the silent H. Yeah. Uh, I love you hot mess bitches so much I made a Patreon account. Very nice. Inappropriately confident. That's me paying into the Patreon. <laughs> Jay Call, Jay Mack, Jeffrey Zimmer, the dad of Xavier, Jen May, Jennifer Rutledge Boreas, Jill Uhara, Jillian Panzarella, Joe Lopez. Ah, he switched to $5. Joe Lopez was a guy I used to make out with when I was drunk, and then he accidentally started giving it the $20 level when we started and totally <laughs> forgot. Forgot about it, ended up paying us like $600. He's given us, he's given us $700. You gotta make out with people. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm not gonna say that you can finger blast and fucking suck your way to the top, but you I can will. certainly get a Patreon <laughs> you can, subscriber. You can get pretty far. <laughs> you can finger blast your way to $20. Exactly. You can pay yeah. your rent for a month. Yeah. Off of drunk Makeouts. I was fucking good. I remember he told me once he was like, "You were drunk once, and we were making out, and you're like, don't fall in love with me.'" <laughs> <laughs> like a walk to remember. Yeah, I'm like, God. oh, God, I'm such a fucking douchebag. Um, but also, I was right. Okay, John Williams, Jonathan Smith, Josh Hayden, Josh Myers, Julia Hunter, Julia Webb, Caitlin Jagodowski, Kathleen Brakefield, Kelly Burnett. Kevin Steparo, Kyle Eaton, Kieran, Kristen, Kristen Lee, Kristen Weber Bonk, LLL underscore J, Lil J? I don't know. Lisa Cole, Liz Thompson from the beginning. <laughs> Lisa Cole, uh, Luke Dickin, Madeline. That's made of bacon, I think. Yeah, made of bacon. Madeline Bronte. I fucking love Madeline Bronte. OG Keith and the Girl listener. Uh, Marsha Kelly, Mariah Schmidt, Mariah Houghton, Matthew Maki, Matt Dera, Matthew Snyder, Max O'Clock Jaworski. Are you pranking me with these names? Uh, Melissa <laughs> That's Roa. That's the most real sounding one that there's been. <laughs> Max O'Clock. Come on. It's Max O'Clock, bitch. Uh, Melissa Roa. Meryl Zonneveld. Newsy. Fucking love Newsy. Great artist. Follow uh, Newsy, Newsy on Newsy Chew. Oh, everybody on hates Chew. Everybody, everyone right. hates Chew. Everyone loves Chew. Noelle. Pam Myers. It was Pam Myers' birthday recently. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday. L.A. listener, uh, Patrick McCammy, Paul Wolfgang, Paul Yanakopoulos, Richard, I, I like to be extra racist and foreign sounding with Italian names. Yeah, that'll keep you safe. That's right. <laughs> Cancel me, I dare you. Uh, Richard Opelar, Rick Belt, Belt Bertelson. Rick sends me cool shit. Um, he's dealing with his sexuality right now, too, so what's going on? <laughs> 
RJ RJ C C V I I I Rowan Rowan oh. is, is a, a very a late Rowan. night chatter. Um, yeah, Rowan's a creature of the night. Yeah. Ruby Lewis, Samantha Turner. Fuck yeah. Oh, Sam Turner. Sam my Turner. Uh, Sarah McClellan. Uh, Sarah Marsteller. Slutosaurus Wrecked. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Stacy, Stephanie Barajas, Stephanie Ellis, Suleiman Abdul Wally, aka hey, Wally. Wally. I got, I connected Wally with a comedian who wants to hook up with him. A past yeah. guest. Actually. I get you late. Give me, donate to the Patreon because I will literally get you late. If you do this, there's a high chance we'll get you late. I'm going to get you all the fuck by the end of this. We're going to strap on a thon this shit We're gonna out. We're going to blue man group the shit out of you. <laughs> Susan, we just started an orgy called the blue man group. <laughs> <laughs> strap on a thon, blue man. Oh, Susan E. Garrett, the impossible to satisfy burger, the whore next door podcast. Shout out. This is a Chicago native, uh, who I, who came to remember the show I was on with you that got canceled. Oh my God. Andrew finished. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, she came to watch and, uh, Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. She was sitting at the bar. We talked, we had a great time. Check out the whore next door podcast. Um, Tom Berliante, oh, the best, uh, I wonder if Tom's still getting laid by that hot piece of... Anyways. How do you know this much about your Patreon? <laughs> Tom, no, we know people. Tom. We know Tom personally. He's a pill giver. Yeah, he is. He's a, pill, he's a pharmacist, a.k.a. Oh, pill giver. Pill, uh, <laughs> um, wow. We connect with our people, man. You really do. Um, Tracy, Tyrone Bryant, UGA girl, Vincent Elia, another fucking classic. Hey, Vince. Vince. Uh, Wendy Benson. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. You make our lives, you make our dreams come true. That's right. You're contributing to our 401k. We'll love you forever. It's, it's a, a comedy, comedy podcast. podcast.